0: We love you, we're so grateful that you chose to be here with us this morning, we're so amazed at your willingness to open up your holy presence to us, and the thought that you would pour yourself into our life, and in our open heart, we're so grateful. Amazing God. We love you. We love to worship you. We love to come together, encourage one another, focus in on you, to follow after you. Amazing God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would breathe upon your scriptures right now, breathe upon your written word. May it come alive to us. Lord, we are good soil here this morning, ready to receive from you. Don't leave us in this time. Holy Spirit, be so more active even now. As we come around, yes. the truth of who you are yes. in Jesus' name. Praise Amen. Jesus. Amen. Why don't you take your seats? Good to see you all this morning. How you doing? They tell you in um, worship school if you're up in a band to to be playing and singing with one eye open so you can see what's going on out there in the crowd. But I couldn't couldn't do that this morning. I was just both eyes closed and just. Love the presence of God here this morning. You're off already, David. Thanks for coming. Have a good one. Okay. Are you ready? You doing good? Man, I'm looking forward to this word. Somehow I've got to cram two hours of it into 20 minutes. We'll see how we go. And keep Heidi awake at the same time. <laughs> Philippians chapter 1, verse 20, uh, chapter 1 verse 21 says this, For me... To live means living for Christ, and dying is even better. This is Paul. Are you with me this morning? For me, living means living for Christ, and dying, well, that's even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't mind which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go to be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Paul was so consumed with living for Christ, with producing more fruit. He was driven to see great outcome. He he was passionate about changing his world. You with me, Peter? That's not a yawn, is it? You with me? Good. <laughs> Sorry. Big night, big night last night. It was date night last night. Everyone that went to date night I was yawning and half asleep. <laughs> no excuse, Robbie. For me to live means living for Christ. I'd love to get to that point in my life. I would love for you guys to get to that point in your life where all we are about in our world. Is living for Christ. I've got three points for you this morning. You can write down one, two, and three. Leave a big gap. You're going to take lots of notes between each number. You ready, Susan? Just starting your fresh page. Mark number one, turn the page. Mark number two, number three. I want to look at this morning three ways, three manifestations, three signs, evidence. To show that we are actually living for Christ completely. You ready for this? You're gonna be challenged this morning? I'm gonna give you a, a, a strong word. I'm not gonna be nice on you. I hope you're ready. Number one is do what do what you do directly for the kingdom of God or for the church. What we fill our life with, what we do, we do it directly. For the kingdom of God. I'm going to take you to a chapter, a couple of chapters. It's going to highlight exactly what I'm trying to explain to you this morning. you find it in the book of Exodus. That's the second book of the Bible. And chapter 35 and 36. This is a time when Moses was calling for people to directly do a lot for the kingdom. For the kingdom of God. For the then church... We might, you know, relate it to today's, our church, or just being a, a witness for Christ in our community and in our world. So he was, he, in these two chapters, he was really drumming home, doing it directly for Christ, doing all that they do directly for the kingdom. And in, in Exodus 35, I'm just going to skip through a few verses It probably might not be worth putting up there because I, I'm going to skip so much, Kev, but... I'm going to highlight a few verses. It's, it's when Moses was calling for the tabernacle to be built. The tabernacle was that movable temple. It was the first temple. It was the one like a tent. It, they, they made it to be able to transport it so they could move on. Uh, it wasn't the time of David and Solomon when the temple was built. This is Moses, and they were still sort of traveling a fair bit. And so here we are. Moses has got a vision from God. And he's bringing it to the people. Verses 10 in chapter 35 says this, Come, all of you who are gifted craftsmen, construct everything that the Lord has commanded. He's calling all the people that are gifted in some sort of craftsmanship, some sort of skill set. He's calling all of you, come on, it's time. We're going to build this thing. Verse 25 says, All the women who were skilled in sewing and in spinning uh, prepared blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine linen cloth. All the women who were willing used their skill. Say, use their skill. Use their skill to spin the goat hair into yarn. Women? Women? Anyone do that in here? Anyway, I I just love this this expectation Moses has on the people to say, all of your skill, God is requiring it of you right now. All of your ability, gather it together. We're going to do something for the Lord here. Sound good? Verse 30 goes on. Then Moses told the people of Israel, The Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur of the tribe of Judah. The Lord has filled Bezalel with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman. An expert in working with gold and silver and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. A bit like myself, really. He is a master at every craft. And the Lord has given both him and Oholiab, son of, wow, why did I choose this passage? Another fella, the tribe of Dan. Thank you, Dan. Hey, he's given them the ability to teach these skills to others. Who knows you need to be gifted to be able to pass on skills to others. Where do we get to? Verse 35, "...the Lord has given them special skills as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet thread on fine linen cloth and weavers." They excel as craftsmen and as designers. We keep going. Verse 2 of verse 36. So Moses summoned Bezalel and Oholiab. But we know they're craftsmen. We know they're tradesmen. So we're going to change their name to Beza. They wouldn't be called Bezalel on the job site. It's Beza. And I couldn't come up with one for Oholiab. We'll call him Leab, Leab, Beza and Leab. So Moses summoned Beza and Leab and all the others who were specifically gifted by the Lord and were eager to get to work. Moses chose those that were gifted, those that were skilled, those that were eager to get to work. This highlights, uh, you know, surely it was a long time ago, but it, it highlights my very first point here, that if we're going to be like Paul and completely live for Christ while we're living, we may as well be living for Christ, to be directly using our skills to build the church, to build the kingdom of God. I'm so, I, I don't want to apologize to you this morning. A lot of your skills, your skill sets, a lot of your abilities and your attitude and your motivation, God is calling on in this day and in this hour to build his kingdom and to build his local church here in Batemans Bay. You feel challenged by that? He's calling you. He's in need of you. Now, the the story goes on from here in Exodus and, and Moses even goes and chooses a whole tribe, chooses the Levite tribe. That they were going to be the ones set aside for giving their all to the services of the temple, to the priesthood, the musicians, all that kind of stuff. The, st- the Sunday stuff, right? The Sunday stuff. He was calling them, it probably wasn't Sunday then, but he was calling them to, to function in the, the giftings that we would relate to a Sunday service perhaps here uh, in Batemans Bay. Set aside a whole tribe. I wonder if the other tribes were just like, Phew, good. I can relax. Go back to work now. Not have to think about that sort of stuff. But I don't know what the dynamic was like. But the Levites were set apart. The descendants of Aaron, and amongst the Levites, they were set apart as the priests. They had their job description lined out for them as they were, as you were yawning because you're looking after my kids last night, Lauren. Anyone? Well, I, don't know. I don't know why you're yawning, church. I'll pick you out every time. And uh, the descendants of Aaron, the priest, the ones looking after all of that kind of stuff, they had the, their, their, their job description outlined to them before they were even born. Ones that were set aside. But Moses is identifying here another group of people. Anybody that has skill. Anybody that has desire. The Lord is in need of you. To get this thing off the ground. Fast forward now in the new covenant. We're all being called kings and priests. All being given gifts. To serve one another. And to bring to his table. We're in that category now. And the Lord is calling upon all of us. To bring what we can. To the house of God. For the glory of God. Amen. It's not for us. It's not for my sake, your sake. It's for the glory of God. It says in these last days, his light is going to shine upon his church, going to shine upon his bride like we're going to be illuminating. And God is calling on us in this day and in this hour to bring what we can with our hands to the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 14.5 says this, I wish that you could all speak in tongues. I wish that you would all prophesy, like he's not leaving anybody out here. This is Paul in the New Covenant now saying, hey, it's not just for a Levite tribe anymore. It's not just for the descendants of Aaron. He's including everybody to bring gifts that may have been left to these priests in the past. He's saying, hey, I wish you could all speak in tongues. I wish you could all prophesy. For prophesy is greater than speaking in tongues unless somebody interprets what they are saying. So that the whole church will be strengthened. The church will be strengthened when we bring our gift of service to the house. Okay? We've got lots of areas you can serve in. we got lots. You know, I want to know your skill set. Tell me what you're good at. Let's do something with what you Because God is calling us all to bring what we have And use it for His glory. Amen. So that's using directly. I love prayer meeting this Thursday. We had a bunch of our prayers there on Thursday night, 6.30 at the Olive Tree. Everyone's welcome to come. I loved it this last Thursday where we all stood up and every single one of us there, we went around the circle, not only praying but prophesying over each other. I love that. I didn't have to say, okay, this is how you prophesy. This is what you have to do. This is, you know, everyone's just, everyone came With the gift, a prophetic gift that we can all, Paul is asking us all to operate in. I thought that's really cool, a great example of us all coming together with our skill, with our gift. Number two, so if number one is bringing what we do to the house of God, to the kingdom of God. Number two, if that doesn't float your boat so much, this one often does, that we do what we do so that we can resource the Church or resource, the kingdom does that sit with you? Do you like to go to your career path to your job during the week because you you don't necessarily feel that you have any a lot of skill set you could bring to a Sunday gathering, but you might think well I can I can resource what the church is trying to do. This Without Walls campaign, I, I don't like people, but I can resource it by doing some other task to, to I don't know, provide finances. Or, are you with me? So this is my point number two, that sometimes we can be people that like to resource the kingdom of God. Cassia mentioned how much she loves to sort out each week her pay. Yeah, I'll put this in this slot and this, and this. She's got money everywhere in her wallet. It's crazy. Cassie, you got a dollar? Nah. You gotta, can, I, can I have five bucks? I haven't got any money this week. Oh, sure. I'm going. She's at a kids' church now. Go through a wallet right now. No, nah, just joking. There'll be money everywhere. In fact, I'm going to slide this over this way just a little bit. She's got money everywhere. But I, I love that illustration, too, that I find it a buzz, too. I, I often get paid in not an irregular time, but an irregular time. But when a payment comes in, I love to sit there on my phone, my banking app, and okay, I'm going to shoot this off to there, I'm going to shoot this off to there. It's a buzz, and I love the greatest buzz I have is shooting some off to the church, to so the house of God. Actually, I still write cheques. I think I'm the only one in this church that writes cheques. I saw my dad doing that as a kid, writing a check to the church. So I don't know. I just started doing it. I'm used to writing checks to the church. Sometimes, okay. Um, anyway, I love to do that. I love to sit down on Sunday morning. This is the part I'm sewing in to the kingdom of God. And I love getting paid for a big job, and the numbers are bigger. And I love writing out a bigger check. I love, right, love sewing in bigger numbers. I love that. And I, I think it's something God has called me to do, not only just to come with my uh, my gifts and my abilities, but also resource the kingdom in some way. It's a buzz. Peter, you were telling me a story this week when we were caught up um, about a man. Uh, he was in the, the excavation industry. This is going back years. And he was in partnership with another man. They 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 started a a company where they were building machinery, excavation work. And, um, and and they were doing quite well. But one of them was a, was a born-again believer. And it was in the era of the Billy Graham Crusades. And this guy decided that he was going to sow. One of these guys decided that he was going to sow, particularly into the ministry of the Billy Graham Crusades. What percentage did he keep and what percentage did he give, Peter? He gave 90%. And he kept ten for himself. Now, the Billy Graham Crusades, like probably the greatest move of God in the modern world where we've seen millions literally come to Christ. Phil was one of those out of Billy Graham Crusade. Verna was one of those. Any others? Sylvia, wow, I didn't know this. My mum's parents, I didn't know. Wow. Billy Graham Crusades. Your mother? Wow. This, is a, this was a move of God that happened through crusades throughout the world. One man traveling around preaching the gospel. Financed by people who were in business like this particular fella who thought, I believe in this. I'm gonna, I could never get up there and speak. Probably thought he could never lead somebody to Christ. But he did what he did. And so, and was successfully in business and sowed finances in to provide for the kingdom of God to advance. How awesome is that for the point two of my message? The two partners, the two fellas that are in partnership together split. They went their own ways into two different excavation companies. The fellow we're talking about that, um, that sowed his 90% into was the fellow that founded Caterpillar. Earthworks and Excavations, the biggest earthworks company in the world. I believe they're worldwide and, and the highest price of the best machinery. Like everyone in that industry wants a cat. And uh, this, is, this is the fella that faithfully sowed into the kingdom of God with what he could. How cool is that? So point number one was to physically get involved and bring your skill set. Number two, if that doesn't sit right with you, or maybe you're a person that you feel like, yeah, I can, I can resource what the kingdom of God is asking of me. But here's number three, and this is going to, I believe that the, Danny, I believe that the, in number three, there is going to be a sense of freedom. Freedom come on some people's life. When I explain what my point number three is, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be something that is fresh to you, you've never heard before, but it's going to empower you. Who wants to be empowered this morning? You've got to hear point number three, but I don't have time to go into it this morning. So <laughs> point number three is to do, just to do what it is you do well. You can do that, can't you? Do what it is you do and do it well. For it worships and glorifies God. When you do what you can do and you do it well, what you're gifted in. I'm not even talking about Sunday. I'm not talking just whatever it is you are good at doing. Whatever you are gifted in, whatever you feel comes easy to you, often that is wrapped up in your purpose in life. When you are operating in that and you do it well, you are bringing glory to the Creator. The Creator that created you and put certain gifts within each and every one of us. When we're just using them, He is glorified. It's what He made, it's what He gave you those gifts for. Not to lay dormant, but to use them. Now this is so cool because some people uh, get get a little guilty when I preach the first half of these messages oh, I'm not doing enough for God not not helping enough on church i should I should put my name down on rosters more or, all all I seem to do is is um, is be a uh, asked upon my money, you know, I go to work all the time, and I don't mind it so much, but you know, I'm sure the pastor just looks at me as another wallet for, to, to fulfill the vision. And, and I don't know, you may have some of these thoughts that come across your mind, and I think with this point three of us understanding, this is new for me too, the understanding that just you acting and fulfilling what it is you do day in, day out, mothers at home with kids, or Shelf stacking, supermarket attendance, or whatever it is you find yourself doing, doing it well glorifies our God. It's amazing. Work is a funny thing. Just like I'm, I'm talking like Monday to Friday work, regular job kind of stuff. It's a funny thing. And, and a lot of us try to avoid it. A lot of us have this dream of one day not having to do it. I'm, I'm thinking pretty much everyone in the room's on, on board here. Uh, I can't wait to become a grey nomad by a caravan and just travel. Thank you. Amen. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for the, the thought of not having to work. But God really challenged me on this point because I've discovered that working was not a result of sin, of the fall, but working happened, was instituted before the fall. He created man and woman and gave them responsibilities and jobs to fulfill. They hadn't sinned yet. And and this sense of like I shouldn't have to work, or I want to get to the place where I, where I, where I can retire, and I don't have. Um, you know, hats off to everyone that's retired. You've worked hard in your life, and congratulations. I'm looking forward to that day too. But this, I don't think it's something we need to try and avoid or run away from. I think there's something in the purpose of God about us working and us just doing the day to day, Monday to Friday. I think He's called us to do that, and when we do it well, we are doing what he's called us to do and he's receiving glory and honor as he looks out over his creation, created a planet full of people, brought in the, the job description or the, just this work ethic and when he sees it happening and that it's making the world go round and your world go round, he is filled with joy and he likes what he's created And he says, it is very good. I like this. So I want to challenge you this morning to find purpose in what you do in your mundane, find purpose in your everyday. I'm going to read you a little bit out of this book. This book I'm reading at the moment is called Anointed for Work. Anointed for work is talking about the Monday, Monday to Friday, the non-spiritualized stuff that we don't tend to talk too much about from a pulpit on a church on Sunday. But he, he's, he's challenging my mindsets to, to think outside this Levite box. You hear me this morning? That there could be more than just the, the role of the church, the function of the church happens for Levites because there are another 11 tribes that don't think that way. They don't think like I do, but they're just happy to go to work. And he's challenging me to to have the mindset of being anointed for work. I'm going to read you a few things, and then I'm going to close. Does that sit well with anyone? You like that? That's good. I like making you guys happy. What do they want to hear, Lord? I'll just tell them what they want to hear. <laughs> Just kidding. I hardly ever pray that prayer. It says this in in the in the chapter that is titled The Anointing and Equipping for Work. The Holy Spirit knows how to do practical work. You realize that? Like that's this is new thinking for me. The Holy Spirit knows how to do practical work. In the same way as he had the craftsman, this is talking about the chapters that I looked at before, in the same way that he had the craftsmanship for decorating the temple, he knows how to do plumbing, medicine, toilet cleaning, aircraft engineering, market research, homemaking, and accounting. If you're not one of those, sorry, he only knows those. (laughs) No, he he knows how to do the practical things of life right because he is all knowing and created our world he knows how to do these things brilliantly way beyond our natural ability have you ever thought about the holy spirit like that before he is more willing uh, he is more than willing to impart skills ideas new thinking if we meet his conditions This is an aspect of the infilling of the Holy Spirit for everyday life that is hardly ever talked about. In fact, I've never heard anyone talk about it. When God calls, he qualifies. He equips and he prepares. When a Christian is called to a new responsibility, he or she needs to be equipped regardless of whether that calling is in the church or the marketplace or the home. Hence a Christian needs to be anointed by the Holy Spirit as God provides the what that Christian needs in order to, to fulfill his or her new and unique calling. Let's release the power and the presence of God into our workplaces. Not just share the gospel or to model good character, but also to glorify him with our talents and our skills. He says, I wish a pastor or a wise Christian businessman had prayed for me for the impartation of godly wisdom, knowledge, and skill for my craft and calling. He's in market, marketplace research. How wonderful that would have been. He goes on and says, the Holy Spirit wants to help believers in their daily work just as much as they contribute at church. He wants to come alongside us in the office on the building site, in the home, or wherever our workplace is. He wants to input his know-how and take our level of skill to heights that we would otherwise be impossible for us to reach. But we must trust him. It is up to us to ask for his help. It is our choice to yield our skills to him or to continue to work on our own. Is this an exciting proposition or what? Let's look at another way. Last paragraph. Doesn't it make a difference when we worship with, our, with the help of the Holy Spirit? As we surrender our lives to Him, we worship Him in spirit. He takes us right into the throne room of God. What a wonderful example of partnering with the Holy Spirit. In the same way... As we surrender our workplace skills to him, he will add love, inspiration, creativity, and beauty to our workplace offering. I I believe that God takes great delight in this partnership. After all, we were created by him for joy and intimacy. It's a good book. Who wants it when I'm finished? Okay, Geordie, I'll probably be, oh, six months, Jay. (laughs) So let's be people that are willing to bring our skill set to the house of God and get involved, put our name down on a sign-up list, do whatever it takes, because Moses and God is calling us. Well, God is calling us like Moses. Number two, we can resource what God is wanting to do in the kingdom and get excited about that. I love the thought of that for my own life. But love, number three, and this is where I just felt was going to hit home for so many people this morning, whatever you're doing in your Monday to Friday, do it well and, and know that you are glorifying God just as much as a Levite serving in the house of God on the weekend. Amen? Colossians 3, verse 22, it says this, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Now, he's not talking about slave, slavery. He's talking about employees and employers. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all of the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent, reverent fear of the Lord. Serve them because of your fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Here's my conclusion. I'm going to finish with this. It's one more. How are you doing? You have done well this morning? We've done a lot of reading. Well, I've done a lot of reading. I'm going to conclude with um, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. This is a great chapter. This is Paul writing to the people of Corinth, and it starts like this. As God's partners, and he goes on, but I just love those words. As God's partners, partnering with God. What a crazy thought. That fellow from Caterpillar, he partnered with Billy Graham, but he was partnering with God to see the souls of many added. And Paul is writing to these guys, encouraging them, hey, you are God's partners. In verse 4, it says, in everything we do, everything we do, Monday through Sunday, in everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. In everything you do, you have the opportunity to show that you are a true minister of God. Wow. And further on in that, it's one last verse, verse 16. said, This is what God says. I will live among them. He's quoting the early, the early writings of scriptures. I will live among them and I will walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. He will walk among us. He will live among us, not just a visitation at a church service, but he will be with us throughout our day to day. Won't you stand to your feet? I'm going to pray for all of you this morning. Every single one of you, I'm going to include in prayer. And there's going to be specific people that are um, God is going to touch right now in regards to their occupation, in regards to their their work environment. Um, not just your paid work environment, but you know, parents with kids, if, if that's what you do, uh, I believe God's going to bring an empowerment into your life this morning. And just as I would openly and often do at an altar call, pray for the infilling power of the Holy Spirit to fill someone's life. I'm going to pray that same prayer over your practical life. We're going to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit to come into every nook and cranny into our life. Lord Jesus, come on, why don't you just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am inviting you to every part of my life. Fill me up, Holy Spirit. Fill me up, Holy Spirit, to be a great minister of you. Amen. Amen. Lord, I just pray right now that your Holy Spirit would just find openness within us. Walk around this room, Holy Spirit, looking for the open heart and pour yourself in there. Walk around this room looking for that one that is vulnerable enough, that is opening themselves to you right now in this moment and fill them up more than enough. Fill them up to overflow in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You are so good. Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for increase on every single person here this morning. Increase in what they do and a, a, a supernatural increase in their abilities, in what they do, in what they do day in and day out. Give them greater abilities an ability to to carry more, an ability to see greater breakthrough, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For sure, you guys are going to see greater things. For sure, you're gonna you're gonna see greater measures if we invite the Holy Spirit into our day to day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All those that are looking for some sort of employment right now, just close your eyes, lift your hands. I'm going to pray for you. Pray for a breakthrough. One, two, three. Thank you, Lord. For Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you have called us to work. And these are willing... Willing hearts. Those that have their hands lifted up right now, God, they're willing. Lord, I pray for an open door for them, God. I pray for the greatest door, the greatest chapter of their life, that they'd be right at, the, at, at the, the, the step of, the gatepost of. And as they step through it now, in faith, we receive what's on the other side. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for making a way. Maybe where this has seemed no way for so long, you've come to make a way. Thank you, Lord. This week, this week, there's going to be great testimony this week. Please let me know when your testimony comes through. I'd love to hear it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Has anybody, um, kids haven't come running out, so i keep going for a couple more minutes. Has anybody, when I spoke about that example of that, that man financing the kingdom of God through his company, did anyone really... Man, that's me. Is anyone's heart burn when I said that? I'm gonna pray for increase increasing you. Just show me if that's you. One there. Any others? Just the one? Two? Okay. Okay. I'm gonna pray for these two. Why don't you close your eyes, Lord? You see these hearts, these willingness to be an open, an open channel when it comes to financial resource. I thank you, Lord, that the heart has been proven. In these two, Lord God, that they are willing and they have stepped out and they've given when the when the need has been there. And Lord, I pray that they will go to a greater level, a greater level. There'd be another zero put onto the same figures, Lord God, that 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 those figures that come to them and then go through them start to start to speed up those numbers, Lord. I just see like the the um, the. The kilometers gauge in a car, like, you know, all those series, of no, I just see them starting to tick over, tick over, because you know what, God, God does not see numbers, He just sees open hearts, He sees need, and He provides the need, He's got all the resource, it's not like, oh, this is, this is 20% of my resource, no, it is unlimited with God, and so He doesn't look at the number, but He sees the openness, and I pray that where there is openness, you'll start to see the numbers ticking, 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 and speeding up in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. How you doing? Kids still haven't come back in. We can keep going, right? One more minute. One more minute. Does anybody anybody feel called to a life of serving like a Levite, like um, as in in the church, and ministry for God? Okay, um, okay. Two, that I, I want to pray blessing. Three, I'm pray pray a blessing over your life. You feel set apart for the church, for the work of God in the, in, in the earth. Okay, thank you, Lord. Come on, everyone else pray with me. Lord, we lift up these three. We lift them up even like they were our Levites, that they were our descendants, our representatives, our descendants of Aaron. We lift them up to you, God. Lord, as they will lead and, and guide us over the years, And possibly even move on and lead and guide other churches and ministries. There will be always people following them, God. So we pray that you would bless them indeed. Provide for their every need. Provide for their every need. May they never be lacking, Lord. Lord, like the other tribes would come together and bring offerings and and tithes and taxes to support this particular um, tribe so they didn't have to work. Lord, I pray it would be like that, that you would provide supernaturally, that they'd never have to worry, they'd never be concerned, they'd never have to worry, never be concerned. In Jesus' name. And increase your anointing on their life, Lord. Increase your anointing. Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. God is good. Have you had enough for one morning? Half the people are thinking yeah, but there's no way they're gonna say yes. (laughs) Oh good, good. (laughs) Yeah, you can.
1: Just just close your eyes for a moment, people. I I appreciate it that keep going. Um, You know there is a battle over people's lives every life is in a battle. There's the kingdom of God and there's a kingdom of darkness. And when Christ comes in, there is a challenge for your life because uh, uh, there's always a kingdom out there that's endeavoring to fight against and to kick against the purposes of God. And as a result, there's a battle coming over your life. And um, I've sensed that right from the outset of the service. But I want to say these words, which are clear to me, that um, while you may be uh, disturbed by the battle, recognize this morning there is a greater one behind you that is over you, that is in you and through you. And uh, the numbers on his side are far greater than any opposition. They're far greater. And there are times in the battle we lose sight of the fact that the greater one, is on our side. These intentions and these purposes are on our side. And, uh, and I, I just want to declare sort of like a prophecy to you this morning that that there isn't a latent energy that's just on your side. There's a reserve that's on your side that will step up to the mark when they are required. And they are ready. There is an army. There is a purpose. There's an intention and there's an anointing that is more than willing, and it's ready, and it's able, and it's on your side, ready now. So fear not, little ones of God, uh, the greater one indwells. And I'd like to say this morning, there's also a testing of your, of your, your mettle, of your resolve. There's a testing of God that uh, constantly comes upon us, to challenge us to make sure that we will stand as the apostle Paul says when I've done all else I've done everything in my capacity uh, and what Garen preaching this morning we've done these types of things when Paul says once it's done I stand in the purpose of God and I stand there and wait for the victory and it's here and it's coming and, and I declare that to you this morning
0: Amen. I had um, I had another thought this week on um, a, me- a message, to preach a particular message, and um, and it wasn't that. Um, it was just a thought that came, and I thought, oh, I could build a great message on that. And um, I was going to do it next week, but it was actually that prophetic word. Um, so I'll just say amen to that, and I won't preach next week. We'll have an early week. No, uh, the, the thought came to me which lined up with that was that scripture that, that says um, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive and well within you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead. And I had a real revelation about what kind of power would have been needed to raise Christ from the dead. The Christ, the Messiah of all the world. All of hell and all of Satan's armies would have been holding Jesus down. They knew the scriptures. They knew what was, they knew he was the one. That if they could keep him, hold him down, even just past day three, then they would have won. But the same power that raised Christ from the dead, that's God's greatest power. I mean, he's the creator, he spoke the world, and we see amazing things. But the power on display that must have been on display to raise the one and only Messiah from the dead while all of hell was holding him down. To, to, to describe it like that and say that same power is within us. Draw on the power of God. Don't underestimate the numbers that are on your side. Don't underestimate the power that God is backing you with. In filling you, it's not just a little bit of extra help. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Wow! Yeah, Amen. You're going to have a good week. We'll see you next Sunday. Go and bless somebody else outside of this church this week, as we continue our with our walls campaign leading into the end of the year. Have a great one. Be blessed.